Hey, let's kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well, where else? Geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity. Your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you, the best audience in the world. As always, always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on. And with that, let's kick off this all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Welcome to issue 649 of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Bean Rita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashitani. How's it going, everybody? Uh, fine. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's yes. a Tuesday and I... No, I'm fine. We're all fine here. Pretty much. I'm fine in the modern definition of fine. <laughs> I got a haircut. I just gave up. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I just tilted my head as though I was gonna I, I'm like trying to look at the side of your head again. Yeah, no, it's it's through I, through the camera. It's getting kind of muted by the headphones and stuff, but I, well, I just what I, was like the length was bothering you? I mean, I there's a part of me that really wants longer hair again. I just I can't handle that in between stage. It's just mm. it's just bonkers. It was driving me nuts. I was like, ah! so I went back to like the mohawky thing. But there's no product right now, so it's. I am nothing but making noises, man. Today, mm-hmm. I got um, I cut off all the ends of my hair, you know, in anticipation of doing a new hair color. Yeah. Because the ends, you know, are the bleached and colored parts. Um, and it's cut in a shag. So there's like, it comes down to my shoulders, but there's really not much hair there. And so I've got my little my little buns, but they're like barely holding together because there's hardly any hair. Right. So that's my, my hair woe right now. Right. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about my hairstyle. But Cable has this glorious mustache. You didn't have that last week, did you? Did you have that last week? Sort of. (laughs) It wasn't quite as robust back then. Takes a couple weeks. Yeah, Yeah. I was just saying, it's looking, I was about to say, like, it's killing it, man. That's powerful. I decided on a whim to grow it out. Uh, I was also growing a a goatee that I did not care for. So I just yeah. shaved everything, left the mustache, which is 
still very weird. So I, I still don't know if I like it. I kind of need you to like sport a couple Hawaiian shirts now, though, too. I got them. Yeah. <laughs> and it is damn near um, Hawaiian shirt weather. That's right. For Basically me. what I'm 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 needing I need I'm needing you as Magnum PI. As well yeah, as no, I knew where you were going. Yeah, no subtlety at all. In honor of Bortus. No, no, not in or- honor of Bortus. <laughs> no, that's right. I forgot about the the Bortus mustache episode. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. Well, this is spoilers from three years ago. This is no, I, no oh, spoilers have... for what we're going to talk <clears throat> about on the show tonight. That's yes. true. So no spoilers yet. I guess it's forecasting. Yes. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know how words work. Most what of the are time. we talking about tonight? <laughs> well, the Orville, New Horizons. Um <laughs> gonna check in on the kids in Avatar The Last Airbender for another couple episodes. And uh I think we've all watched some trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I I, I know it's not scheduled. I'm just going to get out of the way. How does Strange New Worlds keep getting better every fucking episode? <laughs> okay, they, I mean... Spock-a-muck. Spock- <laughs> yeah, Spock-a-muck. It was like... Like, in terms of... I don't want to say that it's been, like, quote, the weakest of Strange New Worlds, because even then, it's still one of the best things of Trek ever. I'm comparing it to things that had more of an emotional punch for me. But in terms of me, like, yeah, that's just a thing. Yeah, okay. But I've never... I mean, do we just talk about it really quick and then we roll sure. into the Orville? Sure. Uh, yeah, fuck it, why not? I Trek can do funny, you know, but it, it like it has to work at it. like, And it kind of has to have an outside gimmick, like, you know, the Trouble with Tribbles or Trials and Tribulations or... Take me out to the hollow suite. Like, I love those episodes. They warm my heart. But it wasn't until Spock a Buck that, like, I just kept giggling. Like, Trek oh, yeah. has never made me giggle. The... Trek has made me giggle. Like, that is all I've done throughout the entirety of Lower Decks seasons one and two. Oh, I guess that's true. I keep um, forgetting about that. But th- this was Lower Decks live action yeah and let me <laughs> rephrase it i think when i say trek i mean live action sure so, no lower decks makes me laugh all the time yeah um but this definitely had the spirit of lower decks um especially with the the plot line of uh enterprise bingo enterprise bingo which <laughs> i damn near this is like inside baseball on a trek rpg i ran a couple years ago now uh but my our friend Ryan would kind of like zoom in he and his wife June from Denver and they would play with us. Mm-hmm. And he was basically, he was beans. Uh, XO, I think was the breakdown. Okay. And there was a, there, there was an adventure where basically their ship's going under a refit or repair. So they're docked at like this ass end of Starfleet space station where the rules are. Eh. And fucking Ryan came up, with a game that he decided that he has always played in his early days of section 31 called stun, no stun. Okay. Where they would just, you know, you, you bet whether or not you were going to get hit with a stun or not. And then you just would 
randomly, you'd hit like a randomizer. He just made this game up like on the fly and you would randomize the phaser. So we created some one rule and you either got stunned or no stunned. <laughs> so when I saw them playing basically phaser quick draw, I fucking lost my shit. Got immediately on the discord. I'm like, Oh my God, you guys have to, ah! <laughs> it, if you look at the close, like there are images of the list floating around out there on social media Mm -hmm. it is join uh stun club yeah and one of them is a reference to enterprise also one of the things on there yes i I don't i'm I'm like struggling to remember anything from the list at this point but we did like like we paused to read them all also they were kind of hard to read no like yeah that's what i mean that that's why there is it if you like, I, I've found it on Instagram. I may have even saved it. I don't, I'll have to check later. I think I got it here. Yeah. Uh, use transporter to uh, reflavor. Refresh gum. gum. Yep. Phaser stun club. Uh, turbo lift two floor shout challenge, which I loved. <laughs> Set the universal translator to Andorian. Uh, what is it? Opportun- uh, gravity boot hang challenge. Mm-hmm. Medical tricorder challenge. Uh, that's it. The Vulcan marsupial. That's the Enterprise joke. Uh, Why is that one the Enterprise joke? I, it's something I don't remember, but I think that's the joke. Hmm. Uh, sign, uh, yeah, sign the scorch. Uh, EV challenge, unsanctioned cute. walk. Sit in the captain's chair. <laughs> Sneak a triple into the transporter buffer. Mm-hmm. Food replicator challenge durian fruit. <laughs> that one killed me. <laughs> oh, I love that one. Yeah. Like oh. oh, where they get the put the flavor back in the gum. Yeah, that was that the was, first one. That was the first one. Yeah, use the transporter to reflavor gum. Um. Also on Reddit, someone is asking, uh, "Where is get hazed into wearing formal attire to an informal captain's quarters?" Uh, For, further down the list. It's further down the list. Yeah. They didn't scroll for us. We all, we already knew that one. They just <laughs> so they didn't scroll. Well, I think I think that's the one the captain does. This is clearly the lower decks. I think they even reference the lower, like they call like this is what the lower decks does. Um, oh. they just say yeomans. Okay, yeah, Ortega's puts the blame of uh, number one's nickname on the yeomans. It's like you know yeomans. They talk. They don't know anything. That's why they're yeomans. That's, That's why they're that. yeomans. Um, <laughs> there is so much in this episode. I I love getting to know more about Tapring. Um, I think that this this show has done wonders for a backstory for that character. Who all we ever knew before is like, oh yeah, she's just eh, she's this cold hearted Vulcan woman who just you know broke up with Spock. It's like, oh no, no, she had a rich rich career. In mm-hmm. life, and she just got tired of being married to a fucking space legend. Yeah, which is one hundred percent fair, especially when you start to realize that her job is—it's not like you know I take care of the Vulcan archives. Like she's, yeah, she's like a social she's, worker almost, but also like half like yeah, social worker slash Vulcan bounty hunter slash corrections officer slash psychologist right she's a lot she's got a lot going on so she's not I could, to be fucked with 
I could see how in within the next five years or so, even more, she is going to get tired of being called, oh, you're Spock's consort. Yep. No, I'm fucking Tapau or Tapring. Tapring. Tapau's the other one. Tapau's the one. Confusing your Vulcans. Yep. Um, Speaking of Vulcans, I... Like, I saw the teaser. I knew Spock fighting himself. I like the human on Vulcan fight. Um, I didn't know if they were going to go full on with the music. Oh, yeah. And They, they kind of make it seem like they're not going to fully do it because they, they hold off for a, a little bit. And you're like, are they going to do it? Are they going to do yeah. it? There it is. They did it. They did it. And, you know, I'm sure I was not alone among the truckies watching it. I couldn't help it. All of a sudden, I found myself going. Dun, 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 oh, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, it was also Ortega's that was talking about the kind of scars that Lirpa's leave. So this, her, her comments throughout this episode, I'm like, no, see, now I need, I need more on you. Like what? It's like, it's one thing to say to another Starfleet officer. It's like, you did what? No, you don't get involved in, in Vulcan relationships. <laughs> that never turns out well. Have you ever been hit by a Lirpa? I still have scars. It's like, why? Why do you have? What did Wait, you do? Back up. When yeah. did you interrupt someone's calife? <laughs> what? Um, who are you? <laughs> yeah, I have never wanted to like grovel before an IDW editor more than I do now trying to get the gig of writing the Ortega's one shot, where it's just oh, a series of vignettes of her past. Because that she's a little hellion. She got into trouble. She's yes, kind she of did. like this series is Mariner in that way. Yes. A little bit. Um, which I still like, I dig her. I dig her so much. Mm-hmm. Like she is a fantastic pilot. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I like how we got to see, oh, they, she clearly has a friendship with Christine and mm-hmm. we get to see that play out naturally. Getting to watch the relationship between Una and Lon. It's like, that was well, nice. that, that was Super wonderful. Her, um, her whole reaction to it, it's like, I'm your backup. People are stupid. You're fun. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very seen uh, in that interaction because uh, I never have like close work friends. I'm like, I'm fun. <laughs> I know how to have fun. I'm just not particularly mm-hmm. fun in a, you know, tense work environment. Because so. you're working. Or and, just uh, none of those people like me. Whatever. No. But uh, uh, yeah, Chapel, like, uh, canonically by apparently. That little queen. Yes, that was fantastic. Yeah. It's like, good for you. Good for you, yeah, Trek. I your, like that. Your, and, um, and the last time with her chasing you down, that was different. <laughs> that was a misunderstanding. Um. Can we also and, talk about how wonderful I would watch an entire episode of Outdoor Adventures with Dr. Mbenga? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Fly Fishing with Dr. Mbenga. <laughs> somebody Today we're already going to use the shiny lure. <laughs> somebody already photoshopped a hat on him <laughs> that said women uh, women love me and fish fear me. <laughs> no, <laughs> patients love me, fish fear me. Nice. Uh, he's full on sporting a um, um, what's his name from Mash Colonel. Uh, Henry. Oh yeah, Colonel Blake. Yeah, yeah, Henry yeah. Blake, identical to Henry Blake's fishing hat. Yep. Okay. 
not shock me if they did that on purpose because you know doctor 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 uh so much good so much good in this episode um it's so much fun that i don't even know if i mean it had an a plot but it was interesting the the main plots and all of the side plots still had the same message which um captain pike wrapped up in two words at the end and it's like Oh man, I was having so much fun. I didn't realize you were teaching me a fucking lesson. Thanks, Captain Pike. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where he he says the words radical empathy and everything just snaps into place. Like everything yeah. about that episode. It's like, oh, Spock and Tapring and the, these negotiations and the relationships between these other people. Like Una and Lon trying to understand the lower decks. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That right. was, oh, that was super deep. <laughs> that was super deep for yeah, so, the funny episode. <laughs> um, you know, like they plant they plant the seed between you know Chapel and Spock in this episode, mm-hmm. but then at the end of the episode, she still goes out of her way, Chapel, to go talk to uh, to Pring. Well, first she gives Spock advice, um, and that's sort of like what sets the whole you know, shenanery into, uh, into action, but, uh, hijinks. but that's hijinks. Yes. Very specifically hijinks. Um, hijinks. <laughs> but, um, but that's, you know, that's just, uh, that's not intentional that it, it turned into like a, uh-oh, blah, 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 a situation. The point is she, she first, she gave him advice, even though obviously like that's where she's like, okay, this guy's not so bad. Uh, and then at the end she goes and talks to T'Pring, who she, I'm assuming she really doesn't know. But uh Yeah. I, I've she talks to Tapring after because she when she first talks to Tapring, it's not Tapring, right? Is there, are there three scenes? I just remember that uh, towards the very end of the episode, uh she goes and talks to where does she oh, go? Maybe, oh no, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Maybe she goes to talk to Spock, but it's actually to bring. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Sorry, Spock into Pring's body comes to find her, and they right. talk. And yeah, to Pring comes like, to her. I didn't her. mean for you to go so literal with it. Right, but it's yeah. actually Spock. I did like the fact that the one thing that normally they would have gone, oh, this is going to be the point of tension. We're gonna th- these two characters are going to hide this from everybody. <laughs> No, the first thing they do is they they tell Pike, it's like, oh, we need to tell Pike what's going on right now. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I agree, and they just tell him, and he's like, okay, <laughs> sure, that's a Vulcan thing, I it, guess. It sounds like a Vulcan thing. Um, I, I I have to talk about the fact that I love that we get the return of the captain's casual duty uniform. The, the revamped green wraparound. Oh fuck, that was gorgeous. It's the best. I love. Yeah. I love that uniform. Uh, I do love the little nods to some TOS episodes that they have in here. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, Mbenga studying Vulcan physiology, mm-hmm. uh, which will come into play in a TOS episode when he treats Spock in a private little war. Yep. Uh, um, 
But the one that cracked me up the most was when they mentioned the planet where Christine dated that woman, which is Argelius 2, which is the Jack the Ripper episode. Where all the planet, everyone on the planet is dedicated to pleasure and enjoyment. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, she dated the girl on Argelius 2. And I was like, ah, nerds. (laughs) Says the guy who caught the reference. (laughs) Somebody has Uh, to. That's my job. Yeah, that's my job too. Also, was this the first time we have ever seen a female Bolian in Trek? Yes. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's all. I was like, oh. And and uh, they did talk about the there was a slight redesign to how the bullions looked, which is probably easier on the makeup and easier on the actor. Yeah, I'm sure. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was just a uh, yeah, it was a lighthearted romp that Trek doesn't really do live Trek. Um, it it does on occasion, but man, like I'm after the last week's episode with uh, uh, Gorn. It's like, no, that that was a welcome change. Yeah, 100%. Well, and how many episodes is this season supposed to have? Ten. Ten, so we're on the so back half now. That's where the dividing line is. Traditional, not just Trek, but TV, is where, you know, with the 20 plus episodes is where you get more filler, fun, pencil episodes, mm-hmm. uh, or b- bottle episodes. Um, and modern Trek has only had those short seasons. So they don't really make room for those cute, fun, funny, getting to know the character. uh, Yeah. Episodes. Which is the whole point of strange new worlds. I like have, I've finally been catching up on some of the ready rooms and uh, Goldsman was talking about the fact that it's like, that's what we wanted to do was to do episodic an episodic series where every each episode is self-contained, the plot is self-contained, but serialize the character arcs. Right. So that you still see the character development from episode to episode, even though the, the stories of those episodes are self-contained as opposed to making those serialized. Yeah. It's like that's that is the best of both worlds. <laughs> but not the best of both worlds, because right. that's yeah. that was very serious. Uh, I did love at the end when uh, Spock uh, apologized to T'Pring for punching that Vulcan. <laughs> and she has a line of something like, he was like, it was not appropriate. She's like, having met him, that did seem like the appropriate response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was um, great. Yeah. I, I think that was the other nod to Enterprise is the the sect of Vulcans that he's from, we first meet in Enterprise. Yeah, are they the... What are they called? I forget, but they're they're the ones that, that reject pure logic. Right. They're like, no, we're supposed to also be emotional. Um, yeah. Cybox people. Mm-hmm. Except there, there was still that whole... Um, but they're they're also still kind of racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true, because they're still like, oh, and we're better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, I love the idea that 
as viewers, we only know uh, Kyle as a very happy-go-lucky guy, but that he's a total taskmaster with the people under him. They're like, he's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> Not Chief Kyle. Yeah. Oh, that man. Was, that was charming. The lead up to that, too, where Lon just yells out, Batgop, gotta be faster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sack mentioned Vosh Katar. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What a... I... It's still great. I, I it's still great. It. I feel like every time I start talking about Stranger Worlds to people, I'm like, it's great. I don't have any notes, really. Other than... No, I don't have any notes. I don't either. Um, I... I think it. I was telling a customer today because we were talking about. He uh, pointed to my com badge, and uh, I asked him, "Was like, are you? It's like, are you caught up on modern Trek?" He's like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm taking the kids through the older stuff, so we're trying to get them caught up there." I'm like, "Okay, jump right into Strange New Worlds. You can all watch it together. Just jump right in. You yeah. don't have to watch the rest of it. You know everything. It it has everything that you need." He's like. All right, good to know. So I can definitely watch it with your kids. Yeah, I, yeah, one hundred percent. You can. Um, I, I think that uh, Strange New Worlds is the, the show to get people back to track. Yeah, I mean, the only the only it's not really an issue, but the only thing I have, the only kind of knee jerk reaction I have to that comment is that. There are people that are like, well, this is real Trek. Everything else that's come before is not. And I'm like, well, no, that's demonstrably and it, literally incorrect. It's all real Trek. I, yeah. I understand, though, that what makes things more accessible to yeah. larger audiences. And I think that this has so much for all levels of, of Trekkie, from new to die hard um, yeah the the only people the only trekkies that don't like this are the trek bros and they can go fuck themselves i don't know what trek they like because clearly they think trek has never been political so i'm like i don't know what trek you've ever watched it, it's the the trek that exists in their mind it's the same with yeah. the the star wars fans that love this particular thing about star Wars. It's like, that's not what that story was at all. Yeah. Don't, I don't like if you keep coming out of star Wars going, yeah, you know, it, I just, I wish they'd let the empire win. And cause they brought order. It's like, you've missed the fucking point. Also, you're probably a fascist. Right. <laughs> I love the not, and then we'll get onto the Orville, but mm -hmm. I love the not so subtle thing that Obi-Wan Kenobi did this past week um, with the, the mole man, <laughs> the, oh, mole God, man yeah. the yep. mole man driver who has the handmade empire flag on the back. Mm -hmm. That's a not so subtle reminder that yes, fascism is the fascist state, the guys you know, in the military uniforms. police, all of that stuff, but it doesn't survive without the neighbor that has no problem informing on you mm -hmm. because they mm -hmm. think that you're not right 
that's also how fascism thrives. And that's that, that's that mole man driver, like right there, that whole yeah. attitude, you know? Um, yeah. So. Yep. I'm going to save all other Obi-Wan talk to when we get to the end of that series and talk about that. Cause fuck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have. Yeah. Yes. Well, it, it was we... cool to see Alaria sand in it though. That's, that's all I've got. Which one? Elaria Sand. That's not her actual name. That's not the actress's name. Oh, uh, yeah, that her, was. We were talking about Indira, Indira, her, Indira, Indira Varma. Varma. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love her. I do too. I oh, god name. damn it! I just realized that sack Empire had a mole. Uh, You're a monster. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, so Things we're actually day. planning on talking about today. Yeah. Uh, the Orville is back after mm-hmm. fuck, like three years at least. Two years, no, two three. years, three. Oh, fuck. I yeah, I think it. Read I think a it, thing. It ended in 2019. That's three. Yep. Because I, I think they were already having problems trying to get it back on air, and the deal with Hulu, and then pandemic happened, and they went, well, fuck. Um, yeah, I'm going to be upfront that I largely forgot about the Orville. I had um, to go back and read a like a like a. Here's all the things you should remember before you start. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Internet. I still remembered a lot of it. I just like it fell off the radar, and like so many shows that I used to watch, it's like yeah. I I don't know what happened to them anymore. Um. I- I had forgotten that like Isaac and Dr. Finn dated. Oh, I hadn't. <laughs> oh, I had forgotten that until it's brought up, you know, that like she's having these conflicting feelings and whatnot. Um, I do like that. They did not show the, like the war dragging on. I like how they give us that quick opening and then they, it's a, it's a nightmare. So they, they bring you right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's no point. Like, it's going to be brought up. So there wasn't a whole point to dedicate an entire episode to did, did earth survive the war? We're like, yeah. Cause we've seen clips of season three where there's earth and the, the fleet. So yeah. Um, so I appreciated that. Um, but that, that fucking show got serious really fast. Yeah. I, I was watching it with uh, Matthew last night, and the thing that we both commented on in that first, um, in the first act, in the first third, is like, I would be more impressed by all of these visuals and and everybody on the show and the things that they're doing if it was before Strange New Worlds came out. And it's totally unfair. Yeah. But since Strange New Worlds, it's like, well, that's, that's that's some pretty strong Trek. And now I'm getting um, generic Trek, <laughs> which is what it felt like. And it, it like that entire sequence of them being at the, the space station and, and getting refit. It's like, this feels like um, Kirk and Scotty touring the outside of the enterprise in 17 minutes 
Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like we were so underwhelmed and so lulled into complacency that when the episode takes that hard turn, we were unprepared and sat in silence for the rest of the show. Yeah, that was me. Like, yeah, I don't know how being. I, yeah, the first whatever twenty minutes, I'm like, all right, they're gonna deal with the don't keep hatred in your heart. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna they're gonna do your kind of trek bonk bonk on the head with more modern sensibilities and slightly better effects that still seem like they're Hulu made for TV effects because. Say what you will about Paramount Plus. They are throwing movie money at all of their Trek shows. Mm-hmm. They all look yes. like a feature film. All of them. They do. Um, but still, I'm like, but I'm enjoying it. I forgot. I enjoyed this cast. I enjoyed the performers. This is fun. What? Yeah. Because for a minute, I was like, was there like a weird like electrical feedback from the ship and it was a sabotage? No. Okay. It, yeah, That's as soon as... So if you have not watched this episode, folks, and you're planning on it, skip ahead to the next section because this is we're going to do a lot of yeah, spoilers. Yeah, jump ahead for like 20 <laughs> minutes or so. Um, I th- couldn't figure out what he was doing. until like It's like he's listing off an awful lot of things that need to be done to the ship. Is he leaving yeah. instructions? Is he going to leave? Yeah. But as soon as he said, my kindest regards to the Finn family, I'm like, Oh shit! I know what this is, and then it happened. And I'm like, did he just he he just committed suicide? Yeah. Which, sorry, I'm going to reframe language because I've learned recently that there is a reframing of this. He died by suicide. Um. Okay. And then that's what the episode became about: was that everyone's point of views on the discussion of suicide. And it didn't flinch. And it did not land any of those arguments. It just had them. Which I think was very important and very, very smart on their part. Because they couldn't come down one way or the other on it. Because it's still a very sensitive topic. But they talked yes. about it yeah. a lot. Yeah, they, they 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 covered a lot of different angles, and they left mm-hmm. it in a very ambiguous, like decidedly ambivalent uh, ending. Uh, I mean, I get the I I should say I get the impression. I hope that they're going to like take that with them into further episodes. Obviously uh, it doesn't need to be the focus anymore. It it can be like B or even C plot stuff, but I hope that that's not the end of the conversation because when, um, when Dr. Finn and Isaac, Isaac have that conversation afterwards, that therapy session, uh, she's, you know, and she's like, I just, I need you to remember that like, this is not the answer. And the, the, the psychological trauma that you're trying to like take away for everybody is, is not so easily solved and is going to, there's no, there's no timeline on, on how, on, on when that is repaired. It it just has Mm -hmm. to happen in its own time. And for everyone, that's going to be different. So I, I hope that they stick with that 
that element at least of like identify they've identified it as a as a factual part of you know like dealing with suicide mm-hmm. uh I, I hope they don't drop that thread and I, I i don't think they will um i i feel like it was very important that uh dr finn changed her language when she she kept trying to talk to him about his feet how he felt about it mm-hmm. um and what he was feeling and like, which is still the thing that arguably that's the part that frustrates me the most. It's like, dude, he doesn't have emotions. <laughs> He's not developing emotions. Um, mm. When he says he doesn't have feelings about this, he doesn't have feelings. Um, I, I think the captain's speech at his funeral made the most sense. It's like he has whatever emotions we projected onto him. It's like, yes, that that's right. what's happening. Um, but when she switches to, it's like, I'm not going to come at you from an emotional standpoint. Let me come at you logically. And it's like, when you made this decision, what facts did you base this on? These facts. Did you have these other facts? They weren't available to me. Do you see where this then makes it problematic that that was your decision? Oh, I did not have all of the information available in order to make an informed decision. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. That I understand. <laughs> um, and, and I I like that also as if you've, I hope you don't ever find yourself in this position, but if you find yourself in this position, maybe that is a tact that you can take. Yeah. Is before you make decisions, understand that you might not have all of the information necessary to make that decision <clears throat> I, I like what norm has to say here someone in that writer's room has dealt with a family member or friend who died from suicide i wholeheartedly uh, i wholeheartedly was not ready for the show to go to that place i'm right there with him yeah um and i, I you know I, I think they handled it well especially for a show that is meant to have a much more humorous bend than Mm-hmm. Star Star Trek, like it's a meant hell to make of a you first episode. Yeah. yeah, I am curious about some themes going in also because what do they call themselves in the Orville? They're not Starfleet. They're the Union. Yep, the Union. Okay. Um, I'm curious. If this will be a theme because they look way more militarized now. Mm-hmm. Their shuttles are angular, and they look like they're made to fight. They have fighters now. Mm-hmm. Even the Orville, it's still got that shape, but it's been beefed up, like visually. Right. They're very. I know part of it is the first time they have they have Mechlin weaponry, right? That was the big deal. Uh, they the Mechlins have... have never given them guns before, right? Mechlin, Mechlin, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, I'll have to go back. Did they ever fully wrap up? Bordis and his partner having a daughter. No, I mean that they, they, they did. You know, the 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 husband made a unilateral decision, and um, I believe they give her the surgery, like without Bordis's approval. That was consent. it. Yeah. And now, <laughs> and now they have a son, and then that they carried that through the rest of the series. Like that mm-hmm. was always like a okay. point of tension between the two of them. It was, 
it was, I mean, like, it's not something again, you, that you don't, you don't just get over that in one 28 minute episode. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about that. If they're going to, they have to go back to it. Yeah. You can't leave it hanging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, back to what you were saying about the ships. I didn't, um, I didn't really recognize the change. I, I did notice that they spent a lot of time showing us their ships, but I don't hold on to ship design like you do. Yeah, um, but I think that had more well, to do with we we need to show that we are also still a space show and that mm-hmm. we have yeah. a bigger budget. We we need to show not only the audience but the people who have given us this money to make <laughs> the show. Right. But look what, yes. what we're doing with it, and, and now we're going to spend two thirds of the show talking about suicide. Right, but they also spent a lot of time. Sorry, no go. They also spent a lot of time talking about how, like the the threat of the Kalons is not over, and that's why it was part of why it was so important Mm -hmm. that Isaac stick around and like why he was reinstated, even though it's making a lot of people unhappy. Right. Um, One of the reasons why I I recognize the ship change so much is that when I went to play episode one of season three. Hulu defaulted to the premiere episode of season one. Oh mm. yeah. And you know, you see all the, the roundness of everything. And I'm like, wait, I thought new horizons was just jumping like whatever a year ahead. Are they doing a fucking soft reboot? I got all the way until uh, the captain is making introductions with the senior staff, like in the cargo room and what's his name? The first security officer of security chief. I'm like, wait, that's the actress that quit or that left the show in season two. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, oh, all right. So ships were very strong in my mind at the time. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like that the... Uh, with this being their f- premiere episode for season three, and their, it's their last season. Like, they're not even calling it season three. It's like season one, season two, and New Horizons. Um, so there is a little soft reboot going on. Um, mm. They, I get, understand that they want, we have to show people why we, like, there's a new Star Trek episode every goddamn week now. Paramount finally figured it out yeah. and went, oh, we need to have new Star Trek. When? Every back week. To back to back. Yeah. Every week. Non-stop. I don't care what show it is. It is we have new Star Trek every week. Yeah. Also bring every single Star Trek thing home. Yeah, but we have contracts with this. I don't fucking care. Bring it here. It's the only reason people buy Paramount Plus. Yep. Uh, <laughs> ES9 is officially leaving Netflix, I think, next week. Yep. Mm. Either and it's all going away. Yep. Which would be fine if Paramount Plus ever made their streaming app as stable as Netflix. Anyway, anyway, um, but like, so showcasing the fact that no, we are still a show with relevance. It was very smart on their part, and they handled like they. I don't feel like it. It, it wasn't clean. It was a messy handling of it, but that whole topic and life is messy. And mm-hmm. that was okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't dock at any points for being a, like a little bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um I also like and I also didn't like dock them points for, you know, like 
having a different vibe and like the long gap. I know a lot of that was on, um, you know, unanticipated and out of, out of anyone's control. Um, I had gone in expecting like a lot of cast changes. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that that didn't happen. Cause like when you, when you add a different name onto your, you know, your, your series, it kind of leaves the impression that like, Oh, you're making some big changes. Yeah. It's like, no, everyone was there. The only people, the, the new person is the new ensign. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, their new navigator, Charlie right. Burke. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it does. I, I wonder if the cast is a little awkward now because, within the context, I do believe of season two wrapping, and now, Agent Paliki and the guy who was the helmsman got married and divorced. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoops! Yeah. Yep. Which weirdly felt like it was. I mean. It sounds, you know, it's their personal lives, so it's it sounds mean. But I'm like, this could have been an episode of the Or of the Orville. <laughs> we got drunk and got married, and oh shit, we're married. This isn't gonna work. But that we does work sound again. like an episode of the Orville. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, strong start. I'm actually looking forward to it again. Like you two, I was kind of like, oh, that's right, the Orville's coming back eventually. Yeah, and now so, I'm yeah, like, oh, it's... cool, the Orville's back. I dig it. All right. Yeah, Matthew and I were trying to figure out what to watch, and it's like, yeah, I hear the Orville's back. It's like, oh, yeah, let's let's try that. I let's see, let's see what they've done. And yeah, we were unprepared for that episode. I do think that that episode needs a trigger warning. Yeah, it might. I know, uh, or, or at has least one now. I shouldn't say trigger warning. I should just say content warning. It should. It needs a content warning because I. I think be, like saying trigger warning makes it seems to minimize that uh, that phrase and it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, I do just mean a content warning and because I don't think everybody wants to have that conversation or are going to be prepared for it to be the conversation of this right. show. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about like, Oh, here's a couple children affected by this trauma. Yep. In two very different ways. Yes. Um, yeah. And then there's the whole oh, and, and there's uh, you know, Feeling racism. Responsible. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then the whole racism issue of they're like, you know, we don't want to have anything to do with the Kalon. Um, which is funny because that's part of the plot point of why Isaac is still on the ship and still instated. Because um, Mercer is trying to show that humans can be better than what the Kalon has. Like the Kalon believes that organic beings are always just going to be out to get them. So the easiest thing to do is wipe them out before they get a chance. Right. That's why they sent drones out in the first place is to find more. Like it's the opposite of the Borg. It's like, no, we don't want, we don't want you to be part of us. We're just going to wipe you out. Yeah. I, and I really liked Mercer's line after Clark, after he dismisses Clark. Burke. Burke. And he looks at Adrian Kaliki's character and says, look, as a captain, I'm never supposed to say this, but, like, I don't know if I'm right. Like, I don't know if this reinstating Isaac was the smart call. Oh, he said that too, Charlie. Directly. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah, he says, this that. is right. heresy. He's like, it's heresy. What I'm about to say is heresy, but I could have been wrong. It's yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Captains are not supposed to say that. 
to yeah. anyone, pro, maybe their XO and their doctor. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. No. So it's, yeah, it's a good start. I'm curious to see where it goes. I know we're going to get the lighthearted ones because that's what the Orville does. And, it, you know, as a rule, it does pretty well. You know, so. Oh, and it was, you know, had to say goodbye to Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, that uh, that also hurt more than I expected it to. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't know we were gonna actually going to get him in this episode. Like, this was his they, last thing. They said that he has he did, in fact, finish recording all of his parts before he passed away. So oh, oh, you're, okay. we'll, we'll get him for as much as he was originally intended to be in the whole season. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's kind of nice, actually. It is. I, I like that character. I <laughs> I loved it's him. Norm Macdonald. His... It's just like it's it's just a goo ball that is Norm Macdonald, mm-hmm. which is, I think, how he'd like it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I loved watching that character leave his EV suit. <laughs> just leaves it on the ground for somebody else to pick up. <laughs> uh, I laugh so hard at that. It's like, oh, that was a nice little tension breaker. Uh, yeah. I don't even know that he needed the EV suit, but it gave him a body that he could gesture with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Uh, speaking of nice, um, nice, let's take a break. Okay. Yeah, quick little break. First up, of course, Guardian Games. They have been our longest sponsor, and we love them. Not just for being our sponsor, but being from one of the most awesome game stores in the country. But don't take my word for it. Go check them out at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Guardian Games, soon to be the recording home of Geek in the City Radio. We'll keep you updated with that. But the other thing I want to mention is they are having their summer sale. It is on right now. June 5th through the 18th, 10% off all board games and 25% off select board games. So, man, this is a good time to uh, get your board game on there uh, with their super, with their uh, their summer sale going. It's going June 5th through the 18th. 10% off all board games, 25% off select board games. I'm sure you'll check out the store for more details, and you definitely should. Check out the store. They've got the in-store gaming setup area set up now. It looks fantastic. I highly encourage you to check it out. It's wonderful. It's great. And, of course, the bar is open again. So if you are 21 and over, you can enjoy some adult beverages. And I highly suggest you do so. Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Just like... Revnat of Revnat's Hard Cider, the official beverage <laughs> of Geek in the City Radio. And uh, if you want to meet uh, the good Revnat West and all the amazing crew, they will be pouring samples at the Cider Summit PDX this coming Friday and Saturday. And uh, also, yours truly will be working uh, with Revnat. So, yeah, definitely want to check that out. Uh, Portland Cider Summit. It is June 10th and 11th at Fields Park in Portland. Uh, you can get tickets still at CiderSummitNW.com or get them right at the gate. So, yeah, come meet Revnat and the crew and myself. We will be pouring samples. And with that, let's get back to Geek in the City Radio. Welcome back. As I said, <laughs> speaking of nice. Yeah, what about uh, nice? You know what's nice? That fucking Predator Prey trailer. 
I didn't know that I needed this movie. Like I saw the poster and I was like, eh, all right. Is it a and movie the, or is it a series? It's a movie direct to Hulu. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking cool, man. It's just, so it's the era of, cause you clearly, I think that we have, uh, we had French, Fur traders also in the trailer, so that. Someone was telling me it's about three hundred years ago. Yeah, I'm guessing late, like sixteen nineties. Great. Or no, maybe like seven early early seventeen hundreds. Yeah, not not colonial America, and I always think colonial around seventeen seventy six, whatever. But um, yeah, well, that's 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 when it ended. Right, I know, but. I guess I mean before, like, the, whatever. When there were way more French people in Canada, that's, yeah. Um, and I hate, I know what some people are going to call it, and that diminishes what it is. It's, you know, indigenous versus predator, which, yes, part of it is, but I feel like that's really doing what they're trying to do a disservice. And right now, all I think what they're trying to do is make a fucking badass predator movie, and sometimes that's all I need. I you know, and it looks like we're getting that. So, oh, I don't know. What do you guys think the on it? The origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. So 1719. I just got there. Yeah. <laughs> you beat Naru, me to it. a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved Predators to land on Earth. Yeah. So this is... Whew. So it's not just the first time one of the earlier times that the predators have visited earth. It's also, we got late. like first time with laser. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, this is, yeah, this is going to be something else. So two things I've learned. Well, one thing I noticed, which looked fucking badass, is one, our lead character creates the version of fucking Kratos's chain ax mm-hmm. with that tomahawk. That was badass looking. Mm. And, Two, they are apparently also making this available in the Comanche language. Oh shit! Like okay. the whole, and not like apparently not subtitled. Like they are having people that are dubbing it so that it can be in Comanche if you want. I, wow! I have to double check that, but I think I just read that. Hmm. Uh, that I, I when I watched the trailer, I did wonder. I'm like, I wonder how many of these uh, actors are actually. Comanche, or well, I mean, like I said I don't know enough about Comanche to know like are they still around? Do they go by a different name nowadays? Are they like blended with other groups? Um, but I guess okay, yeah. they must still be around if they're if they're gonna well, the, uh, film it in both languages. Yeah, they just uh, Predator Prey will launch the options with Comanche language as a dub and subtitles. The first film to ever do so. Um, Amber Midthunder, who is the lead in this, uh, is Lakota and Hassini. I'm not even going to try and pronounce this because I'm going to massacre it. It's A S S I N I B O I N E. Yeah. Um, 
So it is a native Comanche producer. Myers is the producer. Nice. A cast almost entirely made up of native and first, of native and First Nations talent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, also, there's a quick picture of like the predator in like a hybrid type armor. I'm guessing. Hmm. Uh, just fucking looks cool. Oh right, the director did Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yes, yeah. uh, Tra- Trachtenberger, what's his name? David? Dan Tra- Trachtenberg. Dan Trachtenberg, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I quite uh, liked 10 Cloverfield Lane. I thought it was very well done. I think it's my favorite of the Cloverfield trilogy or whatever it's called. I would agree with that. Yes. Yep, I, yeah. I would too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I also solid. just really like those two actors, so... I mean, it's almost impossible to not enjoy John Goodman. Mm-hmm. But like, like he also, has to as, work as a, hard as a bad guy, especially yeah. oh, satisfying. Man. Well, because you just think of him as like your wholesome dad, no matter what he does. Even mm-hmm. when he's kind of playing a bad guy, he's still like it's John Goodman, but he's flat out nasty. In he that can show. be really, really sinister, <clears throat> and uh, and yeah, it's okay. a little bit unsettling. Uh, it's like he right up there with like John Lithgow, who also like is like. Super well known as like never a, gonna like get a, over him. Sticky comedy and singing naked in a bathtub in fucking Dexter. Never seen it. Whew. I heard that show's uh, coming back. Yeah, all right. I think it all. I thought it already. I think is. It already did. I don't know. Uh, the other person you're not ready for to be uncomfortably evil is Patrick Stewart in the Green Room. Oh yes, yeah, That's I still haven't seen really that either. One. He is terrifying. It's in an that early A twenty four. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Was that was oh okay, mm-hmm. and it was shot here in Portland. It was before a twenty four. Oh. It was just like shorthand for you're going to have a great time. <laughs> yeah, before yeah, you're going to pay. <laughs> uh, oh shit! I someone just, I just noticed this too. Hmm. So they've been showing images of the the lead actor, her her character in it with her her facial paint, mm-hmm. but the official poster has the same paint. But it's in the glowing predator blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just saw that. Fucking cool, man. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, everything I watch about, like, yes, it's going to be probably very important representation, all that. But in the end, you got to make a predator movie just fucking cool, and that's what this looks like. like yeah, it it looks like I haven't seen a predator movie since like the original when I was a kid. But I'm I'm looking forward to this. Oh man, maybe I'll do a ranking one day. I have thoughts. I feel like the last Predator, Predator movie I saw was Predators with Adrian Brody. That's fucking good. Yeah. Nope. It's got it. a couple problematic elements, but it's also with characters that are horrible people, so you can kind of like, oh, all right. How many um, even are there? There are lots. No. There are a lot. I think I also saw the the very last Predator movie with the Super Predator. Yeah, the and, Predator. Yeah, it and not, I, it was not good. No, it was not. No, I, I think the only other thing I remember from that is uh, Keegan Michael Key is in it. I, he is. He's the only person I remember from that movie. He and uh, Tom Jane are. They are not explicitly written as lovers, and it may hmm. not be that way in the script. But clearly, those two actors were like, "Look, this script is dog shit." <laughs> So how about we play our characters like they're younger Statler and Waldorf clearly love each other, but they cannot stop 
saying how much they loathe each other. Rewatch it, realizing that Tom Jane and Keevan and I are clearly meant to be a couple, or at least that's how they're doing the reading. And it improves the movie a little bit, but not by much. <laughs> okay, apparently there's only like five key movies and then the uh, two AVP crossover Correct. things. Those That's not also... that many. I could catch up on that. Because yeah. uh, by five, I mean Prey will be the fifth. Uh, yeah, AVP is not good. It didn't look good, and I never saw it. Um, it's not as awful as The Predator. But it, it's also still not good. I just wasn't interested in it strictly on the premise that it felt like a cash grab. I'm like, those, those, the, it, you don't need you don't need to like mash these together. They're like both perfectly respectable. Well, but the, they were based on. Sorry, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, the original Dark Horse comics is really good. But I, I think what Bean's saying is, if you didn't know that that pairing started in comic book form yeah it does feel exactly like oh you're just mashing these together like freddy versus jason which is also awesome but the, you like, do love a mashup yep i but do the, love a good crossover the cheesier the better yeah it, it was the during the dark horse days of both of those comics that's when they that's when those two started crossing over and they went oh yeah that's they're part of the same universe and then they started making it that the predators would use the xenomorphs to see they would see xenomorphs on a planet and then go hunt them. Yeah, because they like were your really hard passage. to kill. Yep. Yeah. Right, right. I remember that from the just like just from the trailer. Yeah. Yep. Although uh, I feel like in my brain it was that like the the predator race like bioengineered. Yeah. The xenomorphs. Yep. Yeah, they did that in the movie, and it's bad. It's mm. not good. And then Prometheus uh, erased all that. Yeah, there's also the idea that um, the Aztecs actually worshipped the Predators. It's hinted at in the first AVP, mm-hmm. which is why all the Predator things look like they're very like Aztec-derived, hmm. which is also not very good. Um, an AVP Requiem, amazingly, is even worse. Well, it doesn't... Doesn't um doesn't the first predator take place in South America? Like yeah. in the jungles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't think they ever actually say what jungle it is, but yeah. Hmm. That's right. They can't, it's redacted. They can't, that's right. <laughs> All we know is that Pop, it's some pop secret. All I mean, we know for sure is that it's some it's some badass bush, and if you get lost out in here, you're fucked. This shit can't... makes Cambodia look Jesus. like Kansas. Sorry. <laughs> it it came out he's quoting the movie. He's quoting Jesse. No, no, I recognize. Not damn right, I am. Um, it, it came out during the the period of the uh, Iran Contra scandal, so like that's why it was set in South America because oh, yeah. it was commentary yeah. on we were doing things in South America illegally that we shouldn't have been doing because mm. Reagan. That's right. Except for Reagan. Dutch and his men. Because they're a rescue team, not assassins. No, uh-huh. I'm not def- no, I'm not defending Reagan, but our no government one. doing no shit in, in, in other countries that we shouldn't be doing. He's not alone in that. It's not like he started it. No, no, no. No, it all nope. goes back to the Dole Pineapple Company. Uh... Anyway, Predator Prey looks really sweet. It does. Yes. It's just called Prey. Oh, I guess that's true. I just always like... Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It is just it is. called Prey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Sweet. The, I, I think the other the other thing that we were going to talk about is the they dropped a a, a teaser for the Sandman, yeah. which uh, in things that I forgot were still in production, this has been in production, um, and now comes out on August fifth. Yeah, which is soon. Very soon. Um, it's fucking June. It's June, ugh. guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. <sighs> I know. Like I know because because season the Bruja comes out tomorrow, June eighth, and like we just talked about this too. Um, the cast for this looks great. Um, it, it's the oh right, I keep forgetting that Gwendolyn Christie is Lucifer. That's awesome. Oh yes, I also forgot that. I I am going to watch it, um, but I I'm also not like appropriately excited or interested in it in any like tangible way because I have never read The Sandman. Oh, so yeah, well, it's, I, I I know it's like up there on like must read, you know, classics. Uh, but um, I just haven't gotten there. It's so much extra time, too. Yeah, it's definitely like you hear a lot of geeks like, oh, you have to read this. You have to read this. Sandman is actually ones that I think you would you would enjoy. You don't have to read out of some like desire to be like a geek around this. Like the Sandman is legitimately a good piece of like art. No, um, yeah, for sure. It's not like I'm, it's not on my list just because people say it's a big deal. Um I, I, I was given to understand that it's actually quite, um, what's the word? I've been dancing around the word because I can't think of it. Um, not like iconic or formative, but something along those lines. It is also both of those things. Yeah, it is both of those <laughs> But it's not the word I was after. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I still love that Patton Oswalt is the voice of Matthew the Raven. Yes. Um, I also saw recently that... Uh, Mark Hamill supposedly signed on to be Marv Pumpkinhead. I believe he is. Yes, that's great. They haven't they haven't officially said who he is, but that tracks. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Um, yeah, the yeah, cast it, looks fun. I, I think it should be fine. This kid, uh, Tom Sturge, that they have playing Dream. It's like, yep, you look like Dream. Yeah, you'll be great. Gwendolyn uh, Christie totally looks like the Lucifer, I imagine, from Sandman series. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they've got yeah. Dale, David Thewlis is John D. That's going to be crazy. I'm excited yeah. for Gwendolyn Quister to get a new role where you can actually see her face. That'd mm-hmm. be cool. I am curious to see um, uh, Kirby Howell Baptiste's take as Death. Yes, should be cool. Uh, yeah, it's got a it's got a good cast. I mean. <clears throat> You know, and Gaiman's like directly involved in it, so he's always there to kind of keep it on track, or but also let the show be its own thing too. So, um, I recently yeah. saw him talk about that. Uh, uh, someone had asked him a question on on Tumblr kids. Some of us are actually going back to Tumblr. Um, <laughs> he apparently has never left. He was answering a question to who was asking about um, writing and that uh, it's like he's talking about things that when they adapt things that you've written, it's like once you are given a check and they sign these things away, 
it's out of your hands. If you w- feel like you really want to be a part of this, then that's when you have to do things like, well, I, I want to be an executive producer. I want to be um, a series writer or a script writer for the, sh- the movie or the show. You need mm-hmm. to find ways to make yourself involved again. And then you that puts you in the same room with the people who are making it. And then they can go, oh, you know, he wrote the thing. Let's talk to him about what his vision was. Okay, how do we realize that? How do we better realize that on screen? Right. And then that also puts you in the same room with people who are going, what I interpreted was this. It's like, oh, that's fucking better than what I wrote. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. And And there are just things that work better on the page than they do on the screen. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. That's why I am always slightly frustrated when viewers are annoyed that it's not 100% book or comic accurate. It's like it's a different medium. Yep. You have to make concessions to the medium. You just do. And, and it's an adaptation. Like, yeah. let it be an adaptation. Uh, Bax is talking about people who are upset about Joanna Constantine. Yeah. I, these are the I, people. I didn't know about that until today, and I don't fucking care. <laughs> I yeah, I, I knew about Gwendolyn Christie's roots, but I didn't realize about Joanna Constantine. And I'm like, all right, fine. Yep, that's Jenna Coleman <clears throat> playing Joanna Constantine. It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. She's British, and I'm sure she has snark. That's And I hope she chain smokes. What do you need? But <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They probably, they probably won't do that. I hope they do. Yep. Like, uh, granted, I believe that there is a contingent of people that would have been Matt Ryan is still fucking available folks. But <laughs> like, if you want to put your own stamp on things, sometimes that's you, you, you move away from the thing that's like, yeah, but, but, the, <clears throat> but he's right fucking there. <laughs> Matt Ryan is right there. That just means that somewhere in the future, we can have a multiverse of Constantine's. We already do. What is the um, what is the connection between John Constantine and Joanna Constantine? I assume they there is gender swapped John Constantine. Yeah. Ah. Okay. And then that we thought, obvious now. And then we also yeah. have Keanu Reeves as John Constantine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we could have Keanu Reeves, Matt Ryan, and Jenna yeah. Coleman all playing Constantine yeah. in a thing. That's that, that sounds fun. I'd go yep. to that. Yeah. And Zatanna has a problem with every single version of them because they've all been a pain in her ass. <laughs> yep. And it's all Clary and the Witch Boy's fault because someone dared him to get them all together. When you know is it who not? Did? When is Etrigan, it not? Etrigan dared Clary and the Witch Boy to mash all the Constantines together and then left that mystical flaming bag of turd on Zatanna's doorstep, rang the doorbell. Mm-hmm. And it went, hee, mm-hmm. Fuck, I want to watch that movie now. Yep, should, there you go. Write, write the script. That's right. Listen to me, DC. Yeah, that, that's how that works, Aaron. Yeah, I know. Um, before we move on to oh. Avatar, I did want to... Uh, Celebration was a couple weeks ago. And it is now coming out that Ahsoka, the upcoming television series with Rosario Dawson is in fact the sequel to rebels in live action. Yeah. Ah, cool. In that not only do we get Sabine Wren, 
But I believe we're getting Harrison Dula, who was in the trailer. Oh, shit. And that probably means we're also getting Zeb and Chopper. Um, Well, Chopper came out on stage with her. Yep. Here's the thing. If you go to IMDb, there are castings. There's a cast list, and it has Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka and the actress whose name I don't remember right now who's playing Sabine. And then it has a list of other people who are... and, and. and apparently Hayden Christensen playing Darth Vader. <laughs> so we'll get some flashback. That'll be fun. Um, and then there are some actors listed with no no characters yet. Looking at you, Lars Mickelson. But I, I have some I have some sneaking suspicions. One of the wait, is Lars been added to that list? He has. Oh shit. Now wait, let me pull it up. Uh, I'm not seeing that on here. Also, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Ray uh, Stevenson. Uh, Where's the right one? There it is. Um, Yeah, I'm not seeing that other person either. So, if you you just type in Ahsoka cast on just Google, he comes up. No, that's a fan cast. That's wrong. Mm. I am talking solely well, it's on showing everybody else too. On IMDb, it's only got six people. Mm. It's Rosario Dawson, Hayden Christensen, Natasha Leo Bordizzo, who's playing Sabine, and then Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ray Stevenson, and Ivana Sakno. Without uh, names without credits, I'm I will bet dollars to donuts that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Hera. And Ray Stevenson is fucking Zeb. Because there's also someone work. named Mina Masood on the Google list of cast, and they're not on the IMDb either. Hmm. So that's that's two actors that I'm not seeing on the IMDb. Yeah, see these I I don't I don't trust. Although he would work. Who? Lars? Uh, Lars. As who? Lars Mikkelsen um, played Grand Admiral Thrawn on Rebels. Oh, okay. I don't think I realized that. God, that Mikkelsen family, they're very intense looking, all of them. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, he is related to Mads, right? That's his brother. Yeah, where is, like, that's what I don't understand is, yes, it's right there at the top of Google, but where is that from? I don't know. Um, oh, really quick on the whole Mads Mikkelsen thing, and then we'll jump into Avatar. Mm-hmm. If you guys have not seen it, go find Writers of Justice with Mads Mikkelsen. Writers know. or writers? Write, writers, R-I-D-E-R. It's, it's, you know, on the surface, it is... Uh, a revenge like dude done wrong family killed type thing Um, but it ends up being way much more deeper than that incredibly well performed and well shot and very emotional like I was not Mm -hmm. expecting it to be that good and that's Matt oh Matt's not Lars yeah yeah I meant Matt yeah or Mads 
Um, okay, it's yeah. Very, um, it's the Mary Nina Massoud and Lars Mikkelsen are still rumored. They yeah, are not actual uh, cast members. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, should we it, jump it, into Avatar? It, yeah, oh, let's sorry. do that. Did I not? Okay. Uh, why don't you guys kick off? I have to grab water or I'm going to just keep coughing. Go do that. All right. So I'll be right back. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So the two episodes for this week are episodes 15 and 16. The first is called The Tales of Ba Sing Se. And episode 16 is Appa's Lost Days. Um, The Tales of Ba Sing Se was, I mean, it's what it says on the tin. It's a bunch of shorts, really shorts, stories uh, featuring (laughs) all the characters and what they were doing. Yes, in fact, they fit six shorts into one stand-length episode. Um, I initially thought that it was going to be just like a cute little filler episode, but I um, was glad to be wrong. Okay, I, and I'm I'm the other direction. I thought this might be a more interesting episode, and I found it mostly filler. <laughs> huh, interesting. So, um, I mean, I, I won't call it important. Important, but it it but it was it wasn't a throwaway in in my like final no. decision or in um uh, what's the word my, in my final um, estimation hmm. of of the show um so like Katara and Toph like they legitimately have a good time together just the two of them for the first time ever mm-hmm. so that's important for their the development of their relationship. Um, I think we've always known that Iroh is like a pretty good guide, you know, all, all things considered, but you learn in this, in his short story that like, no, he, he's not just a good guy. He like actively wants to help people. Um, Mm -hmm. and and we get to see that he's, he's like still deeply heartbroken about losing his son. mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that was far more emotional than I expected it to be. Mm, I was not ready like, for that. Yeah, I actually teared up when he sings the song the second time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's then, really powerful short. Then the, the Avatar, um, Aang goes out and creates an outdoor zoo. Mm-hmm. That was the episode that I was, uh, that's the scene that I was talking about uh, in our last session. Um, so the episode with the drill trying to cut through the wall of bossing say he does some pretty cool earth bending to help stop the drill from penetrating the wall but the earth bending that he does in this episode is incredibly more impressive than anything he's done so far mm-hmm. and it wasn't for any life saving you know war ending anything it was just your zoo is sad and janky, and I would like to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Soka's is fine. It's it is just another it is another example of how smart he is because he's writing haikus to build conversation on the fly. He has a fucking rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. I loved it so much. Had not considered it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Zuko's was interesting. The only note I have was he bad at girls. <laughs> He's 
bad at all social interaction that isn't I must I must find and defeat and capture the avatar. That's a good point. Like he doesn't know how to just be like a regular person anymore. No. No one has shown him how to do it. The person that was pushing him that direction was his mother, you know. Right. But his sister pretty much killed. Him. Yeah. Um but yeah, we we, all, we can also see that like okay, so he's bad at girls, but not for lack of interest. By the end, you can see like they did have a good time though, you know. It was like it was very cute and like teenagery. So like okay, so you you didn't really do a great job here, kid. But seems like it didn't deter her, and and you liked it. Nope. So let's <laughs> let's let's roll with that. And then Momos, which. Definitely seemed like it was going to be the least valuable of these short stories um, was actually the most important part of the whole episode because mm-hmm. it leads to a clue about what has happened to Appa. Yep. Um, I I think my take, like I, I see your point in all of those short stories. Um, I did not take that away when I watched it. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. The, my takeaway pretty much was, yep, nope, I still most identify with Iroh. I, I get him. I don't get these fucking kids. <laughs> Do you think it's because just, just by the nature of our age, it's so much harder to connect with them now? Um, Maybe. Maybe that's part of it. I, I, I think it's also, I just, like, the lessons that are being taught in the the episodes with the kids, it's like, yep, nope, those are valuable lessons. I got those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's tucked under here. The, um, being at a point in your life where you're looking back and looking at the things that you have lost and you're starting to realize that the things that you have lost are starting to equal and gain on the number of things that you have. Right. That hurts. <laughs> so I, I get that. Um, but yeah. And then when they got to Momo's story, it's like, Oh, nope. Of course, of course, Momo is going to be able to figure this out because he can do the one thing that, the rest of the people can't because he can interact with the other animals and the animals know what's going on. Right. Like the avatar can do that too, but he has to go to the spirit world and like go into a trance and there's, it's a whole thing. Momo can just, and it has not occurred to him to try that either. Right. So it was a cute episode, but yeah, I, I guess it, you are correct. It is not exactly a filler episode like it is a it is traditionally a filler episode but it is still full of a lot of nuance and a lot of character development that's in there so i stand corrected yay me um also that episode leads us directly into the following episode chapter 16 appa's lost days this episode on the other hand i thought was fucking brutal yeah. Again, yeah. another one that is not necessarily advancing the plot until the very end. Mm-hmm. But you, 
it is still important to to watch it and and sort of I think it's an it's an episode that is designed to build empathy. Yep. Yeah. It it also does a weird thing of are firebenders are all are is everyone in the Fire Nation by their nature just kind of a dick? Or is it because they've had years of the person at the top is an utter dick and that just has rolled downhill the entire time? Well, let me ask you this. How many people, what percentage of Americans did you think were uh, assholes and dicks and selfish before uh, the war in Iraq started? Uh, All of them. (laughs) You got to remember Cable's faith in humanity in general. I think uh, what they I think what it is is that everyone's whatever element they're a part of like their personality reflects it. So fire is consuming. quick to burn, consuming. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, air kind of goes with the flow. I, I guess I I should point out like I say this not because of the the circus master that is trying to whip literally whip Appa into shape mm-hmm. it's the parent that yells at their kid to stay oh yeah where, that was a terrible like father. that entire interaction I'm like why why did you write that that this parent was mean to their kid right Are wouldn't we share his to... food with his own kid it's like is that yeah. indicative of how everyone in the fire nation is and how they've been trained to be because man that's that's awful Right. And my and my non-joke answer to that is cruelty begets cruelty, right? If your entire nation's um, you know, MO is is war and destruction and the not not even just not even assimilation, but just like rooting everyone else's shit, that's mm-hmm. you know, that that's a that's your cultural role model there. Um yep. and there's there's not enough people or groups that are um, fostering, you know, treating each other, you know, even like with a little bit of kindness. Yep. Which, which we are supposed to do. Yeah. I I just, I have, I have an actual answer to your question, Denise. Um, It was before the Iraq war. Well, (laughs) <laughs> yeah the second one the during um bush jr because i had gone to berlin for three weeks um and in when did i do this when i was there we shot down a plane from china <laughs> or we had a, a plane that got shut down in China, there was an international incident that, that I'm like, I am I going to be able to fly home? <laughs> um, this rings a bell. This was early in 2001. Um, so when I got back, I had months of what the fuck is wrong with everyone in this country. And I started hating everybody here. <laughs> So yes, it it was before the war because it was before nine eleven. Right, right. April first, two thousand and one. Yep, 
That's when I was there. I take it back. I don't know. I, I don't remember much about this, but I was in high school, so. Oh, God. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry about it. No, I should yeah. remember that because uh, Merrick was also. <laughs> talked about it. It's like, I don't think that the dates lined up quite right, but I think she was on a school trip with band in mm. in Europe at the same wow. time I was in Europe. Aww. <laughs> like, yeah, but that was, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We try not to make too many of those comparisons at my house either. Yeah. Don't, um, don't, don't do that. <laughs> that way lies danger. Um, anyway, we see essentially four weeks or close yeah, to about that, that. About four weeks of Appa being kidnapped sold off to a merchant who merchant who then like sends him off to a circus where he's abused by the circus trainers. He, Mm -hmm. he is um, uh, encouraged by that poor abused kid to bust out of there. And Mm -hmm. he does. And then it's just like incident after incident of trying to find food and shelter and just fucking safety from anyone he has he fucking has it out with a fucking boar cupine. Uh, that's my Ooh. word for a, a thing that looked like a boar, but clearly had some sort of porcupine uh, qualities. Because that I'm, poor Appa is covered in he just looks like a pincushion. I'm pretty sure that porcupine is the exact name for that thing, given all the other animals that we've encountered in this right. show, including the the platypus bear. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not exactly. Uh, tricky names to figure out Mm-mm. um and then finally you think he's gonna be safe because suki and her her team of warriors find him purely by incident and they're so close to bossing say but then they get attacked by the mean girls from the fire nation and he has to fly off again on his own and and then makes it all the way back to the original air temple where he and Aang very first started their journey a hundred years ago. <laughs> I thought that was a different air temple. Was it? It looks it exactly was... like the one from his memories. Cause he has those mm-hmm. flashback dreams. Oh, you're right. I thought that was, I thought he said it was the Eastern air temple. And I thought he was originally from the Southern air temple. Um, Cause there's the Southern Northern and apparently an Eastern and probably a Western. It, they're swinging doors on the Western Air Temple. That's how you know it's a. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, damn it. For a split second, my brain was like, was there swinging doors on it? You're a monster. <laughs> Thank you. That's it's my, that's my, uh, that's it. That's, that's the show. <laughs> and we're done. Good night, everyone. Uh, stanza and you're out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, here uh, he runs into an an old man, uh, and he's at this point just like so on edge. He doesn't trust anybody, and so the mm-hmm. old man can't get near him. But the old man waits him out, uh, and then we get a wise old man trope alert here. Uh, <laughs> the guy says that he had a vision about helping the Avatar, and that's why he's come to this temple. And now that he sees Appa, he knows what to do, and he has. 
enough magical power. He says, this is the part that's kind of weird. It's like, apparently there is a bond between Aang and Appa. And it is so strong that a third party can come in and like mind meld with him and tell him exactly where to find Aang. How come Aang couldn't have done that? Because he's a 12-year-old kid that doesn't has not sat down long enough to learn what his actual power set is. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, but anyway, now, finally, finally, Appa is heading back to Bossingsei because he was like right around the corner. Um, yeah, he. It, it feels like he got pulled one direction while everyone else went the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, well, he went all over the place, really. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, I'd like to see that on a map, you know, family circus style. Um Anyway, he gets to Bossing Say. You could all like they're within earshot of each other this time, mm-hmm. and and then he gets captured again. This time in stone by the uh, two bounty hunters hunting Toph. Uh, okay, mm. I didn't recognize them. Thank you. That's the, the the person that revealed himself was the Earthbending Master from Toph's home, hometown. That's been after her to return her to her parents. And their only clue is to follow the giant flying bison because it will lead them to the Avatar. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and and right where he gets captured, leaves a footprint. The same footprint that we see uh, from Momo's uh, episode mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a cute little... Nice very cute in a in a very like I'm gonna go sob now kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I I do think this uh, of the two episodes that was definitely the more uh, emotional punch episode, and yes. I do agree with you that the, the entire episode is designed to really help teach empathy, just like Captain Pike, <laughs> radical empathy. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think that's, that's right. it. I think that's I think the that's show. It. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually, all I have for that. Yeah, we'll wrap it up on radical empathy. If anyone in the title. chat has questions about the the international incident I was talking about, uh, Sack has been uh, putting the details in it. It's like, oh, yeah, yep, no, that's all the thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really refreshing my memory. Thank you, Sack. Yep. Way back in 2001. Oh, boy, when things were fine. Where I could get on an airplane without going through three hours of security. Remember when you were allowed to bring a drink with you? Remember when you were allowed to wear your shoes? Yes. Ah, yes. Remember when you were allowed to walk people to the... um, All the way to their gates. All the way to the gate. I miss that. Where you could meet people at the gate. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why can't we do that? Oh, right, because we believe in security theater. Yeah. Yes. We don't have any time to go down any of these roads right now. Speaking of theater, aren't we having some guests next week? Um, That are of the theatrical nature? Yeah, theater is not quite what I would call it. But next week, June 14th, we are going to have guests. uh, Our first guests in a little while, actually. Uh, Chris Waffle, uh, who our listeners would know from Mega Thruster, and Sarah Spoon, uh, also a friend of the show, uh, they are coming on to talk about their new project, the Chris Waffle Explosion, 
and their soon to be released uh, via Kickstarter rap album uh, by the same title. No, no, the title of the album is rated N for no one. Right. <laughs> so they've been they've been working really hard over many a week, uh, many a month, I believe, to to put this together, and um, and they've got a bunch of events coming up, and they're going to come and talk to us about all of that. Yep, that'll be great. Yeah, uh, so Zach, we actually have the our comment our movies locked in for the commentary. Yep. Sorry, yeah. you had many a week to prepare to provide yeah, us your suggestions. In. Uh, although, if back you to suggest something, it's going to have to be fucking gold for us to go. Oh, uh, yeah, let's yeah. do that. That's yeah. true. I mean, like you could throw a real curveball in there, but uh, are the movies secret? I, uh, I think no, we I think we'll that. Yeah, we could announce it at the end of June. Yeah, I we'll think. do that. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, and then yeah, next week we're going to see if Chris and I, if Chris actually talks about his album, or if he and I just dork out on Star Trek music. Either one is fine, really. Yeah, that's fine. Mm. Potato, potato. I know he really Little wants to me. have that episode where we just talk about Star Trek music. Attention, <laughs> my attention level will vary depending on which two of these topics you go with. But yes, I know. Well, on that note, I'm Aaron Duran. <laughs> I'm Peterita. And I am Cable Hashitani. And we will talk to everybody next week. <laughs>